From BLC Studios in Mankato, Minnesota, this is the Bethany Vikings Podcast, hosted by Brock Aker and Gabe States. Welcome back to another edition of the Bethany Vikings Podcast. We have another busy episode this week. Uh, last week, we didn't have an interview over Easter, but we made up for that this week, Gabe. We have Alexis Morshing and Jake LaBurge on the podcast today. Double dose of interviews, always good after having no interviews, like we said last week. So, should be a fun one. Yeah, let's start with uh, soccer, shall we? They kicked off their season. Uh, the men had only one game against Superior. How did that go, Gabe? I heard it went in overtime. Hey, well, it was a fun match. They lost 6-5 to five, uh, the 91st minute. Uh, Wisconsin Superior scored the game-winning goal. Uh, however, Max Bush picked up right where he left off. He had two goals and two assists on the season. It was interesting. I actually talked with Coach Derek Lingholm a little bit before that game, and he was mentioning, you know, what a what a tough way it would be to start the season against Wisconsin Superior, knowing that uh, they could potentially win the UMAC this year. So really a good test for their guys. They've been trying to do it. They had a scrimmage against Gustavus earlier this year. Um, so some really good competition to, to get their season started. Yeah, Max Bush last year, he's one of the only, I thought in Lingholm's intro video, the only All-American Bethany's had. Yeah, he, he's unbelievable. It's good to have him back on campus. I was, I believe he was off a little bit with everything with COVID-19. Um, so good for him to be back. He's a huge part of the soccer program. The Bethany women had two games uh, this week to start their season. On Thursday, the soccer beat MLC 2-1. to one. Then on Saturday they lost one to zero, but on the game they won two to one. Maddie Perry she scored both goals. So look, so as we know, come on names last year it was Max Bush and for women's it's Maddie Perry. They're both really hot off to start the 2021 season. Yeah, and Maddie's their senior leader. Um, I actually interviewed her for the scroll this last week. Um, she said it feels amazing to be back. Um, she also mentioned some difficulties for their squad in getting some 11 versus 11 good scrimmage time in because their squad isn't large enough uh, to have a full scrimmage. Um, so they have to do everything right in, in practice, their preparation for the games to make sure they're prepared. Um, but but it's good to see, you know, one nothing, 2-1 to one competitive game so far from the women's soccer team. I'm sure Coach Emma Morris is, is proud of their efforts. Yeah, I know she had uh, some issues too, like Max Bush uh, with COVID that she had to stay um, in Europe. They kind of got stuck there a little bit while – and she had to recruit from Europe a little bit this past year. So, uh, again, it's COVID-19 that kind of affects a lot of different ways, but I'm glad they got their season started, and they're very competitive, and the women even got a win against MLC. Track and field was at Dubuque uh, for what was described as a monsoon weather this past Friday and Saturday, and they continued their busy season at St. John's. Yeah, that will, that will be coming up this weekend. Um but yeah, last weekend, I heard all about it from Jake and Anderson. We've had him on the show. He said it was like a monsoon on Saturday. Um, some interesting running events, steeplechase, hurdles, guys missing jumps uh, because of the weather. Uh, very fun time for the track and field team all around. Yeah, they looked like they got to stay at a hotel too. So they had a, a nice fun weekend up in Dubuque. Where, where's Dubuque at? It's in the du- cities, right? Dubuque, Iowa. Dubuque, Iowa. Yeah. So the cities of Iowa. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You didn't know there were cities in Iowa. I thought of Des Moines. That's right. what the only city they have in Iowa, right? Otherwise, it's pretty small. Iowa City is kind of big. That has That's where the Hawkeyes play. 
we should stop ripping on Iowa. I mean, think of all the athletes we could attract from Iowa, and now we're bashing on Iowa. This is not good. Okay, then I won't say what Iowa stands for then. We'll, oh, we'll yep, we're going to leave that out. Okay. So uh, we'll we'll stop right there with our Iowa talk. But that was good that uh, Bethany Track and Field, again, had another week under their belt. Tennis, we had a busy weekend. We played Northwestern, lost 0-9 for men, 0-9 for women. But we played Morris on Saturday. We lost 0-9 for the women, but we lost 2-7 for the men. So we improved a little bit there. Morris was a lot more competitive, a lot of close matches. Uh, a lot of people went to tiebreakers, um, but just couldn't get the tiebreakers won. Only Marcos uh, won his singles, and Marcos and Javier for the men won their doubles. And they will be in action. They were supposed to play Tuesday against MLC for a non-conference matchup, but due to the weather being a high of 39 degrees, that got postponed to a possible later date. But the, both men and women's tennis team will play Thursday against Northwestern, which is non-conference. Friday at Scholastica, which was postponed a couple weeks ago due to uh, some COVID concerns. And then Saturday, the Vikings play their conference matchup against the Superior Yellow Jackets at home. They did play Superior back in February 28th, where they lost 0-9. to um, But they'll get a chance to try to redeem themselves, myself included, Saturday at home against Superior, which will be the first home UMAC game or match for the Bethany Vikings tennis team. Sounds like some tough matchups coming up there. Uh, Brock, you and I are in the same boat for this Tuesday with um, our, our matches being postponed. Golf, supposed to have the UMAC preview in Becker, Minnesota at Pebble Creek Golf Course. Uh, that will be get moved to next Tuesday, April 20th. Um, I was actually out last night. That'd be Sunday night. Uh, I had three, four layers on, you know, getting ready for I had cold weather gloves, a hat. Getting ready for what it might be like uh, this Tuesday, where they said there was some chance for some snow flurries, a high around 35 in Becker. So uh, personally, I'm kind of glad that got moved. The weather did not sound very pleasant. And next up, we'll have Alexis Morshing here for the interview with volleyball. Volleyball just lost in the UMAC Constellation Championship to North Central on Saturday here at home after beating Martin Luther College in a five-set thriller on Thursday. All right, now we have the volleyball team's leader in kills with 125 on the year, which comes to an average of over 3%. Sophomore Alexis Morshing joins the show. Alexis, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Volleyball has always seemed to me like a fantastic team game whenever I watch it. Can you describe for us the elements that go on during practice and in games so that you're able to be so in sync with each other on the court? Yeah, so volleyball is extremely team-oriented. If one person is off a little bit, it throws everybody off. So a lot of times in practice, we just work with each other, and we kind of work towards you create your first team, and you guys all mesh, and you need to be like one unit. So we all come together, and it's all about creating like a sisterhood. So like in practices, we will really make sure to back each other up and cheer for each other and make everybody feel like they're wanted there. So it's just about really making everybody just work as one person almost. Yeah, speaking of that, backing each other up, there are multiple matches this season in which you and several of your teammates set career highs uh, in various areas. How are you able to build off of each other's success? 
Oh, it's so exciting to hear when people get team highs and stuff, especially with so many this year. And it almost makes us wonder, like, because we had a, such a short season, like, actually for playing, if we had a full season, what everybody could accomplish. It's just so exciting. There really is no other element other than just being ha truly happy for each other. Sure. Has this year uh, felt like a marathon for you with all the practices and scrimmages you had going back to the fall even when you normally have your season? Oh, yeah. It was a long season. We've been on the court since, like you said, fall. And usually it's just like fills up maybe like half of your semester. It filled up our whole entire year. And now that we're done, we're like, what do we do with our time? It's been it's been really hard to keep our momentum going. And I'm glad to see how we did, though. Right. What was it like playing over Easter break when you hit the road with matches against North Central and Northland? Um, not getting that break even. Yeah, it's um, sometimes it's like we don't get our break. But at the same time, we're like, OK. We have to put in the work so that we can get this going because now we finished and even though it was a long, long season, it's still like, oh, it's still a season that's over and it's always bittersweet losing your seniors. And so we got to spend a lot of time together, but we definitely worked with those long ones, just kind of going through it together. Facing MLC at home with a chance to move on to the UMAC Constellation Championship. Uh, I was watching live online, you're trading sets, trading points, mm -hmm. late comebacks, questionable decisions by the officials at mm -hmm. times maybe. What was the message for your team going into the fifth set and how were you able to pull away there? Whenever we go into a fifth set, it's always just, okay, one point at a time because you can really get caught up in, okay, this is the fifth set, we need to get to 15, but really we just go, okay, one at a time, let's just get through this and we work one at a time and if there's a mistake, forget about it. Don't even think about it because you only have 15 points this time. Your coach, John Olmanson, comes across as very intense at times, at least to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can you describe what it's like playing under him and his staff, and maybe even especially in a game like that that you had last Thursday? Yeah, so John can be very intense. He loves volleyball, and he loves to win. And I'm very similar in that way where I really like to win. And it's just practice can be very – we're very um, – what am I – the word I'm looking for – it's definitely intense. We like They very much get on us, not to like put us down, but to really get us going. And they make sure to point out where you're going wrong, but they tell you how to correct it so that you can fix it. So it's kind of very, um, it's very intense is probably the best way to put it. But this year, especially with it being so long, it could, like, a few people got worn down a little bit, but we understand that it's coming from a good place and everything. How often do you guys scrimmage throughout the course of a year? Um, we honestly don't really scrimmage that much. If we scrimmage, it's just against each other and we'll put it on and like, you can watch it on like Facebook live, but we don't really, we didn't really get a chance to scrimmage other teams this year, especially with COVID every, and everything. So we didn't really scrimmage that much. You went to high school at Waterville Elysian Morristown. Mm -hmm. I went to high school in Wasika, Minnesota. So you're speaking to a rival oh, awesome. right now. <laughs> I hope that's okay with you. That's um, okay. But the WEM Buccaneers have been one of the top teams in the state uh, mm -hmm. in volleyball the past three seasons. Do you still keep in touch with them at all? Oh, yeah. I I love my home team. I really do. I have a special place in my heart for all of those girls. And I definitely keep checking in. And they went to state again, which is so exciting for them. And Or they couldn't go to state, but they would have. And they're just they're a great group of girls. And I always keep in touch with them. Same with the people that were on my team. And even years before me, we're very close in our town. Does that make it tough for you at all with uh, people like Amia Bratton or, or anyone else on the team that you might have played in high school? It Actually, no. It actually makes it more exciting because it's like, oh, I've played against you. There's a few girls on the team, and me and Amia have talked about it. And I was like, I remember we would talk about you, the libero from Wasika, and she's like, oh, yeah. So, like, it's just fun memories to look back on, and it's really cool to be able to play together now. 
Absolutely. Have you done any recruiting within your hometown? Um, I have tried, yes, but a few of them have already committed places, and I'm like, oh, I really wanted to play with them again. But Sad. it's really exciting to see them go other places, though. Then I'm sure disappointing results uh, this Saturday at home getting swept against North Central, a team you beat in Minneapolis in five sets a little over a week ago. But what has this season overall meant to you? I feel like this season has honestly been about just seeing what everybody can really do. We've been pushed really hard this this season and even this year in general. We've had, like we said, a really long season, a really hard, grueling season, and we've had to really put ourselves through a lot to just continue. A lot of people have had injuries. A lot of people have been burnt out. We've lost a lot of girls because they just couldn't do it anymore with school. It just really, this one I think just really showed the strength of everybody. So I feel like this season honestly just portrays strength of everybody. Looking ahead, you do lose a couple of seniors, a couple mm -hmm. um, already lost, as, as you mentioned. Um, but your class, the sophomore class, very mm -hmm. strong group with uh, oh, yeah. Sarah Strom, Cassidy Chachka, mm -hmm. Amia, and others, uh, Cheyenne Owens. Mm -hmm. um, what is that like knowing that you still have two full years, if not more, together? Oh, that's very exciting. It's really exciting to see that you have a successful group of people all in the same grade. And especially because all of us are pretty close. So it's just, it's fun to go through things, not only with teammates, but your friends. And uh, it's really exciting to see them excel as well. And I feel like we all just feed off of each other really well. And we're excited for the years to come. Do you have any favorite memories from this season or, or your time at Bethany in general so far? Um... I would have to say some of my favorite memories are just being with the girls. Like there's nothing like just playing with a bunch of friends all the time. Like you're always supporting each other. So it's hard not to create those bonds with each other. So we have a lot of inside jokes, a lot of just funny things that have happened and we all have each other's back. So I just everything honestly has been really great. Is there someone on the team who you would say is the funniest? Jenna Pendleton. If you're listening to this, Jenna Pendleton, you are so funny. She is my roommate. She can make everybody laugh with like the littlest things. She is so funny. Well, make sure you have her listen to the <laughs> to the podcast then, this interview. And Jenna, uh, congrats on being the funniest, but maybe a little bit biased. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, maybe, we'll maybe. She is one of my best friends, but she's very funny. All right, Alexis, thank you so much for joining the show. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, that was fun here, getting in finally a volleyball person on the show, Gabe. Alexis had some great insight uh, for their weird season, indeed, 2021 spring season. Uh, they obviously will see the Bethany Vikings women's volleyball team again here in the fall, hopefully maybe with some fans more than the two people that were allowed this year. Yeah, that, that'd be very nice to see. They, they should have, they've got a lot of potential, I, I can tell you that much. All right, we'll now switch our attention to the Bethany baseball team. They're finally back in action, the varsity's first time since March 28th. And they faced Central College, the Dutch. In the first game, they lost 3-14, to but they won the second game of the doubleheader 10-7. to The bats looked like they're coming back, Gabe. Yeah, that's really good to see. And with UMAC play coming up, hopefully that carries over for a long while into May. Yeah, and part of that, Jake LaBerge, he's a big leader of the offense for the Bethany Vikings, and we got him on the show like we alluded to earlier, so let's just get into that interview. We're now joined by senior designated hitter, Jake LaBerge. He's a part of both of the back-to-back -back UMAC baseball championships, and he's back here for his senior year. How are you doing today, Jake? Pretty good, pretty good. I got no complaints. So you were a senior last year, weren't you? Yeah, I was. And that then, was my traditional senior year. 
So you decided to come back. What made you want to come back uh, to play another year for the Vikings? There's, I mean, I got a family here, you know. Um, all these guys, they like mean so much to me. So I couldn't, I couldn't look back and have possible regret of not coming back, it's hanging out with the boys one more time. And, I mean, we've won the last two years. Uh, so I wanted to make it three, be a part of three. And I also, like, academically added another major. So make sure that I used that extra year and made it worth it. How have you and others like Ross or Logan been able to be leaders on the team with your championship experience? Um, honestly, like we have a ton of new guys, like transfers, freshmen from last year. And there wasn't a ton of time to really like show what we've like built and what we've done. And so this year it's been kind of taking guys along what we've done before. And one of the big things like we preach is little things and whether it's in the classroom, way you eat, way you go about your business, the little things end up being big things. And so for baseball, it's taking being the first one to want to take equipment and put it away or making sure your locker's clean, things like that. If you care about that stuff, it translates on the field. And just the little things matter. So that's one thing we've been preaching. And that's one thing Craig has always said since 2016 when I came here. So what's been the biggest difference? So your first two years, you, you guys didn't win uh, the UMAC tournament, then you won the two. So you kind of seen the whole picture. Uh, what is the difference between the two years you won and the two years you didn't? Like what, what happened? I think I mean, we've had guys come in and just have fun. And when you're having fun the whole time, the winning just comes a part of it. And obviously, like, we've brought in talent, and talent's always been there. Um, but finding that, that fun side, whatever it is, and enjoying your time out there and that's one thing that we've always like that's been a big change and i mean it started with like we had guys like nick caldine and alex babcock kevin harris just good dudes who like as leaders who cared about you and wanted to see you win and they still talk to us and they still are a part of like the bethany baseball community and family so just having that from when we were younger and they still care about us now and um that's it was only a matter of time till we put the pieces together you mentioned that leadership mixing in with uh, the younger talent being brought in it seems like right now too you've got a good mix of upperclassmen and underclassmen like you mentioned what do you think of the makeup of your team and maybe what its potential can be Honestly, we have so much talent. Um, from upperclassmen, you got guys like Logan and Adam Dallas on the mound, and then you have Ross in center, who's 
I mean, UMAC-wise, he's known. And then you have guys like Ben Hopper, who's our shortstop, and Reed Brown. Both of those guys have, like, high potential to be, like, conference winners for us, like, conference award winners. And watching them progress, especially, I mean, yesterday, I th Reed had a great day. Um, I think he may have batted, like, 500 on the day. Yeah, both games he had multi-hits. Yeah, he was he was being a dog out there and Hopper and then defensively he there's some things he does it's just so smooth and um offensively he's like a barrel machine. So, watching them put it together in game, you just like you love to see young guys and the guys who have been here just compete and play to their ability. You know, it's funny you mentioned Ben Hopper and Reed Brown. I was going to ask a question on them. Uh, Ben's gotten hit by a pitch six times this season. Reed's been hit by a pitch three times. What's going on with that? Yeah, they just got a magnet, you know. Uh, you love Honestly, you love to see guys get hit, get hit by pitches. Like, oh, it, it yeah. riles up the whole team. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's any way to get on. So, I mean, it shows selflessness. And they just they want to win. So going back to your leadership of the team, and I know your major, you said you got another major, your exercise science, it was your first major. Is that correct? Uh, I switched sci to psychology and then I added a business. Okay. But you're big in the weight room. I know uh, when I was there first year playing, I, you kind of, you're the leader really in the weight room. I know you did most of the programs the last couple of years too. How important do you think, because baseball has been always a sport as do you lift because that could ruin your arm? Uh, different, you have to li lift differently for pitchers and hitting, but uh, you're very knowledgeable on that. What are your thoughts about lifting and how to do it the right way for baseball? I think, I mean, the weight room is so mental. I, I would say that the weight room is more mental than physical. And when you are pushing yourself there and you've put in the work and you just grinded for – months on end and especially for us like being a spring sport you didn't really know if we were going to play you didn't know how the season was going to look but you were still hold yourself accountable there it transfers uh for when um for when the season comes around you're like i'm strong enough i've put in the work now let me just go show my talent and especially for baseball it's such a like technique sport and mechanics matter. So you can be Donkey Kong strong, but like if you don't have any technique, then it doesn't matter. So uh, having a having the technique side, the technical side, and then the strength to back it up. And I think another thing we did, and I mean, I've helped guys on the team with it, uh, just making sure that they understand why they're lifting. And if you have a why then it's so much easier to just keep going and then like i've adam is like one of my closest guys on the team and i helped him his freshman year like helped him lose the weight like he did it all but then he got super into lifting now he's helping other guys on the team and 
it's just like a domino effect of what the weight room could do. And it just brings people together. We talked about it when you first walked into the podcast studio here today. But how have you guys been handling the losses that have piled up and the quiet bats so far? And then finally to break through with a win uh, this past Saturday. Honestly, like, we've been talking a lot. Um, losing, obviously, it sucks, but there's a lot to learn from it. And I think one thing that it really did was it brought us closer in that we were looking at the guy next to us and like, I believe in you. Like openly saying it, like, you got it. Like you're in the lineup for a reason. You have the talent. Just do it. And the amount of times we we would sit and watch video, watch film and just tell each other, like, why'd you take that pitch? Like, I've seen you in practice hit that over the fence. I've seen you hit it off the wall. And one like one guy's one day he's like I just couldn't pick up the outside pitch. He's one of the, one of our dudes who has a home run on the year. He put it opposite field. Like we've seen you do it. You can do it. We know you can. We believe in you. You believe in you now. And then yesterday, the just being able to play at home, like after not playing for a little bit, and always having road games, like. It just felt good to be back at the Frank, and we just kept we're talking everything's so positive of we're gonna get we're gonna get one today we're gonna get one for sure it's gonna be a good day it's gonna everyone there was something right coaches are cracking jokes before the game like the vibe was just right and to finally put it together offensively especially in the second game it just was validation of everything we had been saying for weeks. You're mainly DH uh, for the Vikings baseball team so far this year. I know on Nelson Cruz, he gets to hit in a machine like between innings and stay loose that way. Uh, you don't have that option, but you're still second on the team in on-base percentage at 433. You're third in hits with seven hits. What have you been to stay inside the game to still be uh, successful while you're DH and you're not on the field every inning? Honestly, like when we're on defense, I'll go hang out with the pitchers because pitchers always got the best energy, and I'll hang out with the pitchers. It keeps me locked in on the defensive side. Offensively, I'm over there by right by the bats, uh, and I'll sit there and hang out with the guys who are getting ready to hit, and we're just talking back and forth. And for me, it just I just need to stay locked in mentally. Because if I start spinning in my head, then everything just goes down the drain. So, I mean, physically, I'll, I may take a run here or there, just keep my legs loose. I'll go in the locker room, the clubhouse, just to be warm. But outside of that, it's all anything to stay mentally locked in. Going off of that, do you have any superstitions at all? Um, If I have a good day, it... I'll save whatever I listen to on the way to the ballpark in the same order. I'll listen to it the ne the next game day. If I had a good day, I'll eat the same breakfast. Um, trying to, me and Ross will play catch in the same spot every day. Um, and Hunter Bleese, he's a he's a freshman on the team. 
every day he's got to pop my back. And it's before BP. It's before we get the intros, uh, the lineup out. He's got to pop my back every day. It worked in Arizona last year for me. And every time he's popped my back, I at least got a double, at least on that game. So, I mean, even yesterday I told him, he popped it before we hit BP. He's like, oh, that was a good one. I said, yeah, but you still got one more in you. Before we intro, he got that last one. And I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. Appreciate you. So baseball, even though it's outside, Bethany, you only get two tickets per athlete. How has that kind of been different here with not a lot of fans in the stands? It it sucks just because I've been around games at the Frank that it's packed and it but I'd rather play games and have us have two fans per person than not at all no fans no games in general because that feeling sucked and so I mean at least I know my parents they're up actually this week so my parents can see me play and then Whenever they're gone, then I'll have, I mean, I can get two friends in and just cycle through. But it's really just just enjoying what we're given. How do you manage the cold weather in baseball? Uh, lots of layers. I mean, I got... I, I'm yeah, just, you're from Texas, man. How do you like it? <laughs> oh, I, the, coldest, the coldest games are just anything with wind, honestly... Like, I know the Minnesota thing is, like, it wouldn't be bad if it wouldn't win. That's true, like, honestly. Um, but I I get the thickest thickest layers. Everyone's got their hoodies and coats in their locker. So, I mean, sometimes I forget it, so I'll go steal someone's and stay warm. But luckily at the Frank, we got the clubhouse, and clubhouse has a heater in it. So I'll just some days go next to it. Hey, be careful when you steal those hoodies. You flex, you rip them a little bit. So be careful on that. I promised you I'd get you out here in 15 minutes because you got early work. But last thing, uh, what are you going to miss most here playing for Bethany? Man, the the guys. Honestly, it's not even it's not even on the field. I I'll miss everything off the field. Just I mean, it was like two weeks ago. I was chilling with everyone I've hung out with my whole time here and it's it's April right in May or June I'm going back to Texas and I don't know when the next time I'm going to see them and so it's I'm five minutes away no matter where I am here I'm five minutes away from seeing everyone and so I'll miss I'll just miss the guys all the friends I made because they're my family. They made they made Minnesota a home for me. So that's that's definitely what I'd miss. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Jake. Good luck this week as you start a UMAC play against Crown and Superior. Appreciate it. Well, we want to thank again Alexis Morshing and Jake LeBurge coming on the show. That will cap off the Bethany Vikings podcast this week. We look forward to another week of action. We got baseball. We got track. We got golf. Soccer. Oh my. Come back next week. That's Gabe Stays. I'm Brock Aker. Go Vikings.